Hey everybody, this is Cross15 2020. I am your host Brent, and welcome to another episode. February has arrived. We'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back to episode number 16. I am Brent, and this is Cross15 2020. So hey, in an earlier episode, I mentioned for February, I might talk about or do something for Black History Month. Well, I'm going to read from Wikipedia about William J. Seymour, and then maybe bring out some points as I go along. So William Joseph Seymour, May 2nd, 1870 to September 8th, 1922, and this is from Wikipedia was an African-American holiness preacher who initiated the Azusa Street Revival, an influential event in the rise of the Pentecostal and Charismatic movements. He was the second of eight children born to emancipated slaves and was raised in extreme poverty in Louisiana. Seymour was a student of an early Pentecostal minister, Charles Parham, and he adopted Parham's belief that speaking in tongues was the sign of receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In 1906, Seymour moved to Los Angeles, California, where he preached the Pentecostal message and sparked the Azusa Street Revival. The revival drew large crowds of believers as well as media coverage that focused on the controversial religious practices as well as racially integrated worship services which violated the racial norms of the time. Seymour's leadership of the revival and publication of the Apostolic Faith newspaper launched him into prominence within the Young Pentecostal Movement. Seymour broke with Parham in 1906 over theological differences, as well as Parham's unhappiness with the interracial revival meetings. Interesting. As the revival's influence extended beyond Los Angeles through evangelism and missionary work, Seymour was in the process of developing the revival into a larger organization called the Apostolic Apostolic Faith Movement. Sorry about that. The process was ultimately defeated by power struggles with other ministers, such as Florence Crawford and William Howard Durham, which ultimately damaged the unity of the early Pentecostal movement and led to the decrease in Seymour's influence. By 1914, the revival was past its peak, but Seymour continued to pastor the apostolic faith mission he founded until his death. The revival acted as a catalyst for the spread of the Pentecostal practices such as speaking in tongues and integrated worship throughout the world. It also played an important role in the history of most major Pentecostal denominations. So here we have this man, William Joseph Seymour, and whatever you think about Pentecostalism is fine or not, I want to point out uh, one thing, uh, which is a part of a sentence which says, which violated the racial norms of the time. Now, I don't think going back anybody looking at slavery in America and the way it was, or the majority of slave owners, uh, the way it went down, would call that good or profitable or um, right. Um, Yeah, but so here it's interesting that he basically was preaching and they're gathering their Zusa Street revival kind of shattered that. So I just want you to think about the influence of this man, 
whether you agree, disagree with the revival, was it legitimate, was it not, uh, you can't argue the fact that he was violating the racial norms of the time. Um, so, I mean, maybe we don't hear about him as much during Black History Month, and maybe that's because he is a Christian um, and believed in the Holy Spirit, uh, which I believe in the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you're a Christian, you believe in the Holy Spirit in some degree. You may not necessarily believe in speaking in tongues. You may not believe in healing um, by laying the hands on of one person to another, um, but you at least believe in the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Even the Catholic Church believes that. Uh, another thing I found that was interesting as I was kind of skimming through was that in 1901, Seymour moved to Cincinnati where he worked as a waiter and probably attended God's Bible School and Training Home, a school founded by holiness preacher Martin Wells Knapp. At Knapp's school, blacks and whites, interesting, studied side by side. Knapp taught premillennialism, that Jesus would return to a literal uh, prior to a literal millennium, and also took seriously special revelations such as dreams and visions. While in Cincinnati, Seymour contracted smallpox and was blinded in his left eye. Interesting, so he's he's a partial blind man, and yet he's still um, preaching. Interesting, he could have blamed God, but he didn't. Actually, here's this interesting fact. Seymour blamed his disability on his reluctance to answer God's call to the ministry. Um, so yeah, so just really interesting stuff. Um, and I want to go on to read, uh, something else. Um, let's see here. Just bear with me a moment as I'm looking this up. But basically there was another man that opposed him. Uh, let's see here. Oh yeah, Parham I talked about earlier. Um, Here's a sentence. Parham also preached against the racial mixing of the revival. Seymour responded by recanting an early acknowledgement of Parham's authority and declaring the Holy Ghost to be the mission's only leader. Uh, I don't understand that necessarily, but anyways, he not only said that speaking in tongues is a language that maybe we cannot understand, but only God can understand to be unscriptural, Parham did, but he also preached against racial mixing of the revival. Um, and uh, there was something else that I read in here where he wanted to be basically uh, declared the leader of the revival by like local media or whatever. So it's interesting. Um, and I here's what I believe. Let's see here. Whatever you believe about the revival and what happened there, look at the unity that it brought. You know, and Revelation seven nine talks about that. You know, that in heaven or worshiping Jesus will be every tribe, every tongue, and every nation. And so I think the whole segregation as far as coming to Jesus or worshiping together or loving one another in that way, um, yeah, I don't think that existed. You know, we say on earth as it is in heaven, talking about the Lord's Prayer. So in heaven is their segregation. Is there like, oh, well, you're you're uh, whatever, you're black, so you're over here and you're white and you're over there. I just, I don't think so. I don't think Jesus cares about that. As a matter of fact, I know he doesn't because uh, in the Bible, the prophet Samuel, or no, God had to tell Samuel, he said, you know, men look at the outside or basically men look at outward appearances. When Samuel the prophet was anointing David as king at this point because he was just a shepherd boy and um, you know Samuel went through all the sons of Jesse and was like he's the one he's the one he's the one but 
or maybe he thought that, or I'm getting a little mixed up here, but basically the essence is God looks on the inside of a man's heart. And uh, basically people, we look on the outside. So, you know, we may look on the outside and go, oh, well, that person's white, or hey, that person's black. They can't worship God. Uh, but Jesus says, no, I, I don't look at that. I look at the heart. You know, is your heart for Jesus? Is your heart for Christ? And that's really what God's after. Um, yeah, so even if, again, even if you're an atheist and listen to this podcast, you still have to appreciate the fact that this preacher uh, went beyond the religious and the social norms of the day, not irreligious or like, um, you know, um, anything crazy of like, I mean, unfortunately, the newspaper has published bad titles about him, and you can read this for yourself on wikipedia.com, William J. Seymour. Um, and it was under minister, I believe, because there was a different, a few different ones. But yeah, so it's interesting how even like society or people that don't understand God or the heart of Jesus, they would like attack this thing as well. Um, and so it's just, um, Jesus was persecuted and his followers are persecuted. Um, I believe that you know, uh, not knowing the man, I don't know 100% what his relationship with Christ was. Uh, but yeah, I think he, he was in reality, a believer who followed Jesus. And, you know, part of that was racial reconciliation, which I am fortunate enough to go to a church that, um, that is our, one of our goals, you know, making access for all people to Jesus. But aside from that, like, how do we racially reconcile a, a society which has been fractured by racism and, and um, really just hatred for our fellow man, not realizing that we're all made in the image of God. Um, you know, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He didn't just love whites that he gave his only son. He didn't just love blacks that he gave his only son. He didn't just love Hispanics that he gave his only son. He so loved the world. And in this world, there are all kinds of people and various different looks and various different languages and various different everything but God loves those people so he loves us so he loves you no matter what someone has said about you you were loved by God and called as a saint if you will accept to repent and believe the gospel which is Jesus died for you yes we have to repent but that's a lifelong journey my friend and so this is my first episode just a little bit of uh, William Seymour and and a hero, really, of the faith. But not just of the faith, but of a, a black hero. I mean, a black man that was a hero of the faith prior to, you know, even Martin Luther King coming on the scene. I mean, so this guy was, you know, back when, um, in the early 1900s, before the World Wars, before, you know, uh, we fought in, um, you know, says what did it say at the beginning? He was the, the son of of, uh, I think he said, of two emancipated slaves. Let's see here. Uh, he was the second of eight children born to emancipated slaves. This is a segment, well, this is really going to be my only segment. I'm just going to make it this one segment. Uh, but yeah, so just as I'm getting to the end here, thinking about black people in our history, in our nation that have influenced us for a good, positive light. And, you know, Richard... Uh, not Richard Seymour, I'm sorry, William Seymour, maybe he was called Richard Seymour at one point, I don't know, is William and Richard the same, Bill and Richard, yeah, maybe, <laughs> anyways, sorry for hashing it out with you, but yeah, so like, let's look at this, like, um, he not only did something 
like. I think the Assemblies of God would trace their roots back to this, and that's a pretty big denomination nowadays, which God's not about denominations, but just to say they would trace it back to to this. So very interesting. Um, Black people have a voice, and this man had a voice, and he used his voice, even though others disagreed, even on the racial issue, not just the tongues. And so we can at least credit him with that as we think about black history and we think about the injustices brought to black people. And yet he was a man that by and large was the the um, initiator of the Pentecostal movement, which, you know, um, there's all kinds of beliefs about that. I'm not getting into that, but just but also he was doing something in his time that was not really done uh racially integrated worship services which violated the racial norms of the time so this man was called i believe by god for such a time as this and he he met that call you know nothing lasts forever i suppose and the revival didn't last forever um 52 when he died but you know we don't know how much strain did like he was loving god loving people pouring into people's lives i'm sure and how much of that took a toll on a man and yet you know, if he is in heaven today with God, with Christ, and I'm sure he is, you know, the, entering into that relationship with Jesus, like, well done, is like, what else compares? Even he gave his life literally for the gospel, if that was kind of what caused the heart attacks, uh, you know, stress and all that. I'm kind of speculate. I am speculating there, but anyways. So hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, hopefully I can each week look at somebody else and I may just use Wikipedia. It's a great source. It's free. Anybody can look at it. All right. Well, thanks for listening. This is Cross 15 2020. I am your host Brent and hope you'll join me next time where we continue to look at Black History Month and check out my website cross 15 2020 at gmail.com. That's actually my email. My website is cross152020podcast.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you're doing well. Have a great day.